Hello, Yogi. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko, and on this show, we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. Hey, Sham. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. So, today we're going to speak about Sutras 5 to 11. As we mentioned last time, it's the second section of the first chapter, which contains five sections in total. So, would you like to give a brief recap of the first four chap- uh, sutras and um, yeah, and say at where where we are? Yes. So, um, the first four sutras are very logical. The first one says, "Now, the teaching of yoga." Then it says, then it gives a definition of yoga. Yoga is the stilling of the waves of the subconscious. Then in the third sutra it says, when this is achieved, the stilling of the waves of the mind or the subconscious, uh, there can be several translations of citta, then the self is resting in, in itself. And then in Sutra 4, so then conversely, if you don't achieve this stilling of the movements, of the cyclical movements of the, of the mind, then you will identify with those movements and you will not be resting in yourself, you will be projected into those movements. Right. So now we are in the second section where we're going to explain and and say what those movements we are speaking about are. Yes. And also, uh, now I, I remember that the day after we recorded this first episode, we saw a, a funny um, like vi- video on TikTok that uh, kind of talked about the mind is like having 18 tabs open at the same time in, in your browser. And now I don't remember all the details <laughs> of that, but one funny thing was like, and where is that music coming from? <laughs> you know, like when you have one tab playing, playing something, and you can't find like in what in which tab that is. But that is kind of like when you you have like, you know, like some music on your mind that you can't get off. <laughs> yeah, you especially you often have many songs and things during the day. Yeah. And, and sometimes we are thinking like, where this song is coming from? And often we can't get back enough to remember where it's coming from. Yes. <laughs> so, so you can say that, that like yoga is to kind of close down all those tabs and just like rest in your own self. Yeah, and focus in what you are doing right now. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with the sutra number five. Yes, Sutra number five is kind of giving uh, a preface to this whole section here, um, which is of seven verses. So just like the, the first four verses have a very logical sequence, also these next seven verses have a very logical sequence. So the first of them, number five, says that we have, uh, like the movements of the mind can be kind of put in, in five categories and these can be either pleasant or unpleasant 
and you can also see it as uh, they can be beneficial or non-beneficial for your yoga practice. So this uh, fifth sutra, it goes vrittaya, panchataya, klishta, klishta. There are five kinds of changing states of the mind, and they are either detrimental or non-detrimental to the practice of yoga. Yeah, I think here it's kind of important to say that it's not that maybe two are detrimental and three are not or one or four like all of them can be both can be good or can be not good can be simple or complex um but all of them in all in each of them those qualities are yes exactly so then like Having said that there are those five, that there are five, then Sutra number six outlines the five categories, and then the following five verses gives a def- definition of each category. Mm. So this is the, the logical sequence. So then Sutra number six gives this outline. Pramana viparyaya vikalpa nidra smritaya. These five vrittis are right knowledge, error, imagination, sleep, and memory. What do you exactly mean by right knowledge? Because I've seen it also like as judgment or um, something that you can measure. Yes, so there can be like more or less uh, like simple definitions. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a definition here. Uh, like, like the next uh, sutra gives like the definition of of uh, right knowledge because like they come in, in the same order mm, here. Mm, so, correct. So maybe we can just so, read them. Yeah, we we can go ahead into the next sutra. Okay, so the next sutra giving a definition of the one you you asked about here called right knowledge. Pratyakshanumanagama <laughs> pramanani. Right knowledge consists of sense perception, logic, and verbal testimony. Can you give me some practical example? Yeah, so so by sense perception here, like it says, uh, pratyaksha is what is translated as sense perception. So it is things that that you are experiencing right now through your senses. So, like, for example, if you eat something bitter or sweet, you immediately know, oh, this is bitter or this is sweet. Yes, and, and that is like the most kind of direct knowledge we can have. Like, it's it's like... Experience right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is, in a sense, that's all you have, really. Um, and so, like, uh, literally, pratyaksha means like bef- in front of your eyes, like actually it's eyes. It's like what you can see here like here and now. Like uh, like if you see it, you believe it. Like there's a saying like that. Uh, so, so this pratyaksha, di- direct experience, is, is part of this thing that is called right knowledge here. But you can also have right knowledge from logic and from someone else's testimony. Mm. So, like, even if you are not directly experiencing uh, something, you can still like, n- like know, like know it th- through logic. 
yeah, you can kind of connect the dots yeah. and make your your judgment. Yeah. So, so like, like, let's say, for example, that the newspaper is falling in through the mail slip in the door, and even if you didn't see the the postman, still, like, you you know that he was there because, um, yeah, because the <laughs> the newspaper is okay. there. Yeah, exactly. And then there's also like testimony of others, like like for example, if you ask. Like you, you don't know where someone is, so you ask someone else, like, "Hey, like, where did he go?" And they and they tell you where that person went, and like, and then you you know, so so you, so you you can know things through other others' testimony. Yeah, and from other testimony, you mean the the word hagama? Yeah, because uh, then are included also like teachers, and scriptures and books so it's everything basically that you didn't experience but you trust the source so you make it like uh, like if it's that way yeah it's it's actually like kind of like like most of science mm. is only understood really by those who are super into it like who are the scientists and others are just kind of you know trusting them and in the same way as like when the the newspaper came in through the mail slip like we have all these things that are working because of science like like this this microphone right now and the computer here and all this is working because things they found out through science and put together you know so so we can see that tangibly that's uh, it's working yeah, <laughs> they found out something you know yeah. that, that we can't understand but we mm -hmm. we can see the effects of and so maybe we can give some examples of this uh, so-called right knowledge, pramana, in uh, these three different kind, w because we said that all of them can be like uh, uh, complex or simple and good, quote-unquote, or not so beneficial for our spiritual life. Yeah, yeah, so for example, okay, so, so let's take some then direct experience of something as complex or not complex we could take something so simple as eating something if you eat an apple then you're you're only tasting the apple mm. uh, but if you eat something with a lot of ingredients then like a connoisseur can can like tell oh like this hmm, or, or like or like or this wine comes from grapes from that vineyard mm -hmm. and it has been it must have been stored for like 45 years to taste exactly like the, you know yeah and also maybe like uh one day you taste a very good apple and taste good but the other day you're sick and you don't have any more that the same taste of in your mouth and maybe you're not even hungry and then that same apple is just tasteless yeah exactly <laughs> And uh, and of course, and so so, the, so we had like the complex and the and the simple, then the good and the bad. Like you said, a good apple, or, or as you said, like no taste. So then, uh, a direct experience that would be good for your yoga practice would, for example, be to see an accomplished yogi with your own eyes, just and just see um, 
like their state of mind and be inspired by that for example that will be like a direct experience that's helpful for your yoga practice and this is so good like example or so for the opposite because there are so many um quote-unquote fake gurus who pretend who just try to take advantage of you and um and they manipulate you and unfortunately it's happening uh, everywhere also in the world of yoga in uh, all religions there are like charlatans and good people and in the world unfortunately everywhere so that that gives a very good example because with your eyes you can see but someone will see that he is a cheater but someone will will think he's a good person and just by going through you will understand what was what yes so so, so th- this uh, this actually leads leads in into the next sutra which is error mm. so th- the next sutra uh, reads viparya yo mitya gyanam atad rupa pratishtam error is false knowledge stemming from the incorrect apprehension of something so that that could be yeah you see what you, uh, like like what we were just speaking about like seeing an inspiring person uh but that, that could be that you see an inspiring person <laughs> but it's inspiring for the wrong reason like you think oh this is what an advanced yogi looks mm-hmm. like but it's actually um someone who is just kind of posing as a yogi and has some charisma and, and uh but a lot of internal work to do actually yeah <laughs> exactly Yeah, I think we we all have this kind of experience in life like unfortunately, but also fortunately because we learn from those experiences and uh yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we, uh, and and here actually you're stating like what's the positive thing with this like how this how it can be beneficial for your yoga practice. Like you see that oh like I've I've made these these mistakes, but actually this is the way it is. Like like you're like the mistakes give you kind of also in a way a ground to to stand on yeah i wouldn't call it really like a mistake more a misjudgment because it's like like telling a baby who falls because he doesn't know how to walk that he's making mistakes and that's why he's falling he's not really falling because he's making mistake he's learning how to walk so i just Don't like the word mistake. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's that's fine. <laughs> okay, I think this this verse is very much self-explanatory. So maybe we can go uh, to the next sutra. Yes. So the next sutra uh, describes uh, imagination, which is one of these movements of the mind. Shabda jnana nupati vastu shunya vikalpa. Imagination consists of the usage of words that are devoid of an actual object, and this this refers to 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 metaphors and and similes, and this is like things that we are uh, that we don't even think of in daily life in the, in daily language, but it's things that don't have have any any basis. It, it, uh, some examples that are given are, we say that the sun is rising and setting. But that's just like an imaginary way of talking about it because the sun is not rising or setting; it's just in in one place all the time. Mm. Uh, or that the time is flying, 
time is not fly. <laughs> um, or like we can try to like Im- imagine what what infinity is like, but it's it's simply trying to kind of think of what the opposite of limits are. But like we don't actually have a direct experience of infinity, but we have some kind of imagination of it. Yeah, and, and these things can be can be helpful. Uh, of course, here it, it's uh, it is as we have been talking about, there can be helpful imaginations and unhelpful imaginations. So we can imagine things that are, you know, we're just like daydreaming about nonsense <laughs> stuff, you know, that's <laughs> that's just like distracting us from, mm-hmm. from our path. But, but also like imagination can be helpful. Yeah, because like an interesting thing about imagination is that really there is no limit. Like you can be in prison you can be like without i don't know without the ability to to use your hands or body or anything but you can't stop your imagination so you can really do good thing and go on the right direction use your imagination to have good think thoughts uh, or or not <laughs> yes <laughs> So then the next sutra describes deep sleep. Abhava pratyaya lambana vritirnidra. Deep sleep is that state of mind which is based on an absence of any content. Can you say something more? Yes, so this is very interesting because the, uh, like this is one of the movements of the mind. It's, it's, it's uh, as we have been hearing these days, as we have been studying so these cyclical compulsive states of uh, of mind that we are in a cycle we are like pulled into them again and again so one of them is deep sleep so it's something that we we kind of require but it, it is some it, it is still uh, a, a compulsion that in in higher stages of yoga one will be able to replace by samadhi basically like by absorption in, in yoga, like uh, yoga nidra. But the interesting thing is that deep sleep, like it said, it's devoid of any content. Like there are no th- no thoughts and no no like other experiences than, than, than the, the deep sleep itself. So that is, sounds very similar to samadhi. Uh, it is not in itself helping your samadhi, even, if you, even though you have several hours of deep sleep every day. Um, so it is kind of like an unproductive samadhi <laughs> you can say so samadhi would be something like deep sleep but with clarity very deep meditation yeah so whereas deep sleep is without uh, any kind of kinds of distractions but it's it is still not clear like you're not vivid mm-hmm. uh, in that yeah so the key here is to have controlled sleeping like not just sleep until 12 and then not sleep for two days or things like that to have it controlled and regulated yeah yeah to, to like regulate your sleep in a way that is beneficial for your yoga practice and then in higher stages not something you have to worry about now but in higher stages you can actually uh, stay awake during your 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 deep sleep in a sense mm. yeah so the last sutra, last sutra of this section uh, is about memory. Anubhuta 
Vishaya Sampramoshaha Smriti. Memory is the retention of images of sense objects that have been experienced. So instead of, uh, instead of talking about forgetfulness, uh, to say that forgetfulness is when you don't remember, here it's reversed. It's saying memory is when you don't forget. <laughs> it's when you retain what you have directly experienced. And that is what kind of, this memory is what kind of allows you to imagine things. Like if you only had your di direct experience in the present moment, then you couldn't like daydream or anything like that. Because there like would be no sense that you, like you can only daydream if you if you have kept memories of other things. It's only because of memories that you can think of the future, par paradoxically. Yeah, yeah, of course, because it's it made you who you are, and you have this inside of you, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The important thing here, like to differentiate the good and how it can be beneficial and how it cannot is, I guess, the attachment to not be attached to what was in your past, but to acknowledge and acknowledge that it was important and it made you who you are right now, but it's not the now, so you shouldn't be attached to that. Yes. To uh, let go. Of, of course, you should, you should keep what is beneficial for your, for your yoga practice. And the rest you can let go of. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so with that, if we if we should summarize, perhaps there are the movements of the mind can be put in five categories, and those uh, and the things in those categories can be either beneficial or not beneficial for your yoga practice. And then the, there is the outline of what these five categories of movements are. And it's right knowledge, error, imagination, deep sleep, and memory. Mm. And then there were five sutras with definitions of each of those five categories of movements. Yeah, yeah. Very nice and interesting. So um, next section will be from sutras 12th to 16th. And... Um, and here there will be explained the means of controlling these waves of the mind. So how can we practically do that? Yes. So that's again going back to those first four sutras. So so like we came into this, this section now because there was the verse that was saying, you know, we have to steal the movements of the mind. So then it was explained what are those movements. And... It was say we have to steal them, so how should we steal them? Mm. So that's, as you say, that's the next section. Thank you very much. Happy Kadasi. See you next time. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I hope this episode fulfilled its purpose of inspiring you. If you like it, feel free to share it, give a review or a rating, subscribe. And if you have any question, please get in touch at aikoota.com.